I'm Heather. I'm Jay. And this is the Trauma Tally. Jay, tell us what a Trauma Tally is. A Trauma Tally is when you've gone through a traumatic experience and they're all different because we're human beings and everybody has different experiences that may be traumatic. Um, And someone comes along and tries to tell you, oh, it's not that bad. Or maybe you tell yourself it's not that bad. In reality, what we'd rather you do, instead of trauma tallying and my bad, mine's worse than yours and mine's worse than yours, instead of doing that, we'd rather you get some help, face the fears and the traumatic experience and heal through them um, instead of trying to find a way to tally them. <laughs> yeah. And no downplaying your own trauma mm-hmm. or letting others downplay yours. So, yes. And we are in one of the first of the holiday months, the fun months, um, the fun one. We are in October, which we've dubbed Cryptober, Cryptober, because we're doing <laughs> some cryptids and some fun things and just, just for fun. We figured we'd have a light hearted kind of month for the most part and just look at some fun things. And today, Jay, you are bringing us the story of the Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> Not Gollum like Lord of the Rings. Gollum like Jewish mythology Go- Gollum. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, what do you think about when you hear the word Gollum? Well, you think of Gollum from the Lord of the Rings, my yes. precious, and all right. that stuff. Okay. Well, if you don't know what a Gollum is, I'm about to tell you what a Gollum is. Um, this Looking through this story, it kind of surprised me. Because um, I used to think of golems as um, big, hulky, evil beings. Yeah. And it kind of. Like big mud monsters. Yeah. It kind of depends on what side you're on a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the golem is an animated anthropomorphic being in Jewish folklore which is entirely created from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. So he's like a mud man. Okay. Okay, that's how they create him. They create him out of mud. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, And everything. So not like the big drippy, you know, mud man. Yeah, that's kind of what you think. But in in reality, once he comes to life, he looks kind of more human than that. Okay. Yeah, so kind of think it's it's like a weird version of Frankenstein. It's kind of weird. Oh, okay. Without the body parts. It's just a mud man. <laughs> Without the body parts. Without the body parts. Um, so I No was, stitching, no right. electrical sockets on the side of his neck. Yeah, he's got some interesting features, but th- that's not it. Um, so I watched a program called Gollum, a legendary Jewish clay man and his impact on art, which is a DW documentary. DW is a German public broadcasting service. Um, it's a film by Torsten Strangnitz. I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. And Simon Dobermeyer. Okay. Writer and director, Dominique Graf. And where did you watch it at? On YouTube? Um, or? I found it on YouTube. Okay. So a lot of the Gollum stuff on YouTube is like five minutes long or it's just really short. Yeah. But th- this was a little bit longer, so I was watching it. Um, so one of the more famous stories of, of a Gollum is the Golem of Prague. Okay. Okay. So some of you may know the story or parts of the story. But at the end of the 16th century, during the reign of Rudolf II, not far from the Boltova River, the Jewish Golem is first um, 
comes on the scene really i mean because this is really the the most famous story okay <laughs> so um the jewish people were enjoying a golden age of relative security at that time okay and the they were actually being protected by the habsburg holy roman emperor at that time okay so um but evil rumors started to spread untrue rumors began to spread that the Jews were using the blood of Christian children to perform their rituals, which is okay. not true. Right. So the intent was to force the Jews to abandon their homes in the city or possibly like kind of like a genocide sort of. Yeah. Um, about It's about control. Yeah. Basically. Um, with no end to the persecution in sight, one man by the name of Rabbi Yehuda Lau had an idea to help the Jewish community face the calamity. He was Prague's chief rabbi and leading scholar of the Talmud and Kabbalah, the mystical traditions of Judaism. Okay. It is said that he was the first to create a golem that defended the Jews. Oh, okay. So the golem was actually created to help defend the people that were being persecuted at this time. So I've actually kind of heard that and seen that kind of in in, in, in pop culture de depictions of some of the golems is that that they were made by um, Jewish mystics who and they were made to protect yeah um, their maker and their any who anyone who is assisting their maker yeah so according to Peter Schaefer the director of Jewish of the Jewish Museum in Berlin. Um, the rabbi takes two of his pupils down to the Boltova River and shapes the golem out of mud. Mm -hmm. So right there on the side of the river. He and his pupils walk around and around the form, and then it happened. The golem rises slowly from the earth and goes all reddish, and light appears with him. He rises ever higher and goes redder still. <laughs> Dang. Then he begins to breathe. Oh, wow. So they actually breathe, too. So like. They actually breathe, yes. Um, but, so, if you're familiar with the creation story right. in the Bible, Adam was formed from the dust of the earth, right? right. The first man. Yeah. yeah. The first man was formed from the dust of the earth, the clay. Yeah. And then God himself breathed life into Adam, right? Right. So the golem is not formed exactly the way that Adam was. Okay. Because the the rabbi, we're we're humans, so and we have sin and everything else. We can't breathe the breath of life into an inanimate object and it live. Right. <laughs> so as you see, he's like rising from the mud, and then he just starts breathing. Right. right? Um. So. So I guess it, it is the perspective on that that God that is, that God breathed the life into him at the request of the rabbi. That no, rabbi did, actually, it's a little bit more tricky than that. Okay. Um, we'll get there. So um, instead, he sits up, then he stands up. He, the golem is usually very big. And the rabbi figured that he would be naked. <laughs> so him and his students brought clothing along for this new person. Okay. Okay. And they gave him a name, Yosef or Joseph. Yeah. Okay. Um, they took him along and they told him what he's supposed to do. They said, first of all, you sit in the synagogue and you be well behaved. And when we need you, we'll call for you, basically. Okay. okay so he's kind of like a guard. Right? Yeah. So 
so let's talk about let's talk about how the golem comes to be for a second so adam was made in the same pattern as golem but god breathed life into him we just talked about that right the golem must be made in the same way like made in the same way with the dirt but we cannot breathe the breath of life like god can but the torah Mm -hmm. or the holy scriptures the bible is god breathed oh okay okay so in some way they use the words and letters in the torah to cause the breath of life to go into it okay okay um so again this is mysticism and it's very i don't know very tricky but anyways so they they're using they know how to use the words and letters of the torah to cause this thing to breathe right okay and it's complicated and only certain types of people can do it yeah (laughs) okay so we cannot replicate the acts of god including how god made man but this is this is the best that they can do i guess right (laughs) so the word emet is written on the forehead of the golem in Hebrew, and that word means truth. Okay. I'm not really sure why. Like, I couldn't find out why yeah. it, it's truth that's written on the head. See, I heard it was on the tongue. Well, I will get there. Okay. Um, this word makes the golem, um, it, it, it keeps him alive. Now, to make him go back into inanimate matter, they would remove one letter. And by removing that one letter, it would spell out mit. And the god and the golem would no longer live. He would just stop. Right. So if it gets out of control or they don't need him anymore or whatever, they remove the one letter and then he would just boop, stop. Yeah. Right? No breathing, nothing. And then what does met mean? Met means dead. Okay. Not living. Okay. Okay. So Gollum is a guardian figure for these jews in prague but let's talk about the holocaust for a minute okay Okay. so so let's fast forward to 1940s yeah okay um there was a yiddish man named avraham razi and he dedicated a point to the golem because they during that time they thought a lot about the golem of prague and what i wish we had a golem you know because of the terrible things that was happening right so he wrote this poem it says awake oh golem it is high time once again those people have grown wild and all the beasts bellow in their cages awake oh golem with your heavy tread go around and raise the prisons in every country and every town and knock them down wall upon wall of the palace where evil resides and with your divine smile liberate the suffering people okay so that's kind of like ooh. <laughs> but that was a, a poem that was written during the during the holocaust in the 40s yeah um for them really just trying to find some kind of some kind of hope hope um, yeah <clears throat> so there's a novel that was written called the golem by gustav myrink and and there was a line in that novel that says something that cannot die is stalking this district oh now that's scary that is kind of scary <laughs> because he can't die yeah so Gollum strikes fear in men because he doesn't speak yeah and he is intellectually unavailable therefore there's no negotiations oh. with this being yeah and it has massive strength yeah so he does what he's told 
and no amount of please don't do this let's talk about this is gonna work yeah <laughs> okay a mindless yeah mindless speechless warrior yeah of a of a thing okay yeah. hulk of a thing and he doesn't have a soul no yeah okay soulless so um so another thing that the rabbi would do um, at this point, not only does he have the word on his forehead, remember you talked about something going in the mouth, he would insert a shim bearing the name of God into its mouth, okay, okay. and that would bring him and to what, life. What was, that, what was that word you said, shim? And they, uh, he would insert like a shim into its mouth, I'm guessing like a plank or something. Okay into his mouth with the name of God on, to, on it. Oh, okay. And shut his mouth. Okay. Okay, so he couldn't speak. Um, he was eight feet in height, massive strength, okay. did not have to eat or drink or sleep. Dang. <laughs> he, he didn't talk, and he was immense. He was large, bulky, and he could not feel pain. Oh, wow. And no exhaustion. Okay. So he's just like a big old. He's like a tank. He's yeah. like a tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remove the shim out of his mouth, you know, it shuts him off. Okay. Okay. But in order to make him, quote, dead, you have to take the letter, one of the letters off his forehead. Okay. To make the word met, which means dead. So the rabbi would remove the shim during the Sabbath <clears throat> to deactivate it. Okay. So it would rest on the Sabbath, even though it didn't need to rest. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know, like, why, but that's what he would do. So I'm not, I could not find a whole lot on it, actually, what the golem did or, or anything particularly. But it is said that the golem kind of went on a rampage. Okay. Okay. So, like, apparently they get to this point where they're like, well, what am I? Am I human or am I not or yeah <laughs> or something like that? So apparently there's some kind of something going on in there, and supposedly he kind of went on a rampage, wound up tearing up some stuff and hurting people, and um, the rabbi got a hold of him and removed the like, the one letter, the yeah, one letter on the... his head, which caused him to die, and it said that he put the remains of this golem. In the attic of what they call the old new synagogue in Prague. Okay. Okay. So um, there's a whole lot of spookiness about that attic. Okay. So like apparently one of the stories, and I don't know how true this is, but one of the stories say that when the Nazis came into Prague and they would try to crawl up into that attic to see what was there, bad things would happen. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I don't know. I mean, because I, I don't know how that would happen because, you know, supposedly he's deactivated. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so so some interesting things about about Gollum. I just never thought about him as like this um, thing that protects right. people. I've always thought of Gollum as just a big, hulky, um, mud monster, scary mud monster. But when you think about it and you're like, he didn't have a soul. He can't negotiate. You can't talk to him. He doesn't have to eat and sleep or any of that. It's like, oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's like forever. 
Yeah. Something coming after you forever, like that one. Because like there's it's not stoppable. It's not stoppable yeah. except for by removing that letter. That's like and you have to get close enough to uh-huh. remove that letter. And he's strong and he's tall. <laughs> yeah, that's very intimidating. It's potentially very But at the same time, it's kind of like it's kind of like Captain America. It's kind of that lovable Hulk, mm-hmm. you know, that like, okay, he's just gonna do what he has to to protect these people. Yeah. And yeah. you know, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna stop him. Right. I'm not so sure about the whole oh, he lost it and went on a rampage. I don't know about that. It did, I only heard that in one story. Yeah. Um, but like forever after that, um, you know, books were written about Gollum or Gollum type figures like Frankenstein mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And usually, you know, in those older movies, like from the 20s and stuff, it'll show the guy, it'll show the rabbi doing some black art stuff and all this other stuff. So they kind of like mix some of the dark arts yeah. with their with their art. and Everything, uh, everything gets Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a, gets a little, you know, slip of Hollywood in it. So I don't know if Gollum was real or not. Yeah. It's like kind of scary to think that that's a possibility yeah for sure <laughs> i mean it's like mm. it is it, but at the same time it's just like it's another one of those fascinating mysteries like is it is it is it well you, you know, know like is like was it there what did it happen you know some of these guys are saying that modern day robots are basically golems true that they they have human feelings and things like that put on them like put upon them because Gollum is the same thing he's just this hokey thing that does what he's told but people kind of put human emotion to him yeah and so some people say that robots uh, hmm. modern day robots are kind of like our modern golems where they don't really have human emotions but they can they can manufacture them to where it looks like they do yeah you know they can create um a programming almost to manipulate us to think that they're having these emotions. Yeah. Like, I think there was a, in on that documentary, I think there was like this one German robot that they're doing right now. And it's like, it's crazy. Like it learns and it does all this stuff. And it's like, Ooh, you just, you know, you got to wonder, you just really have to wonder like how, how would that, how would, what would that look like in modern day society? If somebody actually just was able to find, how they made those and brought one out and what would they do with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think that's why it's so guarded. Like you can't yeah. find, you can't find anything on how it's kind of like it the is. skinwalkers. You can't mm-hmm. find anything about the skinwalkers. It's almost yeah. like it's too much power. So you if know? it's, if it is real and like they said, it takes a special person to do it. Yeah. And this guy was like a chief rabbi and like, there's so much things that have to be going on with that person individually to even right. create this. <laughs> So it's kind of really almost impossible. I love mysteries like this because it's like you take this, you take a, a a being out of history, which they got this being from somewhere, you know, yeah. and you look at the culture and how closely they guard the secrets of this being. And it's just fascinating to me. I love this kind of stuff. That's why I think I, I'm, somewhat fascinated with the skinwalkers and i'm fascinated with Gollum because it's just like there's history there where does the history come from what what is it from where did they where did they get it from like did they you know i mean there's a couple of famous golems this was the most famous 
Yeah. Um, I think it's the most recent too. But the synagogue where they kept his remains in the attic had some weird stuff going on with it over the years too, <laughs> over the centuries. Like it's called the old new synagogue. Um, but it, therefore the longest, the, the walls haven't been painted in like 400 years. Wow. Because anybody that tries to paint the walls dies. Like they Dang. just mysteriously die. That's crazy. Um, they've removed some of the rungs of the attic steps uh, so that people can't get up there. Hmm. Now they say they've cleaned it out and yeah. there's nothing up there. And the museum has everything that was up there. Right. So if the golem remains exist, it's not, it's not in the attic anymore is what they're right. saying. So they didn't say That's whether what they're saying, they didn't say whether he, marks. they didn't say whether he, his remains exist or not. And they just said, if the golem remains exist, they're not in the attic anymore. Of the old new synagogue. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so there's just like a couple of that things. That little play on words there. Yeah, there's just a couple of things going on. It's just an interesting story. That's got fascinating. Some, and people still visit the grave of this rabbi. Yeah. They still visit his grave. And that was back in, what did I say, 16th century? Bottom of the 16th century. Yeah. And he still has people visiting his grave because of, of that deed that he did. So. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's, it's really something. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's the story of the golem? Yeah, That's awesome. Much. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I will tell you about the candy cane lady. Ew. All okay. right. Thank you. <laughs> See we're back and are you ready to hear something disturbing i don't know <laughs> okay so, okay i guess i'm ready uh 106.3 thebuzz.com is a radio station in texas and they featured this article as well as medium.com had an obscure horror, horror article about this one okay um those were the most consistent stories i found on it so true stories are we don't know so the lady is true the stories it's possible okay okay so um this is a story of clara crane aka the candy cane lady okay okay so clara crane was born in 1871 and she married an older man and they bore one daughter named marcella they called her marcy okay okay so tragically, in 1893, their daughter Marcy was killed in a farming accident. Oh, that's right? it was her only daughter. So Clara took the death pretty hard, and she became pretty upset because she found out that her husband had been drinking at the time of the accident. Oh, so this was pre-prohibition and all that. So you know we were building up to prohibition at this point. So Clara stood in her hatred for two years before she decided she couldn't take it anymore. She made her husband's favorite treat, caramels, and she laced them with poison. Oh. Yeah. So a neighbor came to check on her and noticed that Clara was acting shaken and, fr and frenzied. Hmm. So the neighbor's like, oh, hey, Sheriff, can you go check on this lady, see what's going on? So the sheriff went out there, and he, when he got there, Clara became really aggressive. So he had to take her to jail. Wow. And when he went back out to the house, he discovered the husband's body. 
Ew, like just in the house? Mm-hmm. Ew, gross. So Clara was placed on trial for first degree murder and she was paid, instead of going to jail, she was placed in the North Texas Lunatic Asylum. It's now known as the Terrell State Hospital. Terrell, Texas. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Terrell, Texas. Mm-hmm. So it's said that during her stay, Clara created a doll out of bed sheets and she kept calling it Marcy and referring it to her as Marcy, like her daughter. Mm. According to this particular account, she would be seen dancing and talking with this doll and even supposedly wrote a letter to her sister stating, Dearest Aggie, I am elated. I have been informed by Dr. Matthews that Marcy and I will be returning home in less than three weeks. As you can imagine, Marcy can barely contain her excitement. Every night she asks, is tomorrow the day when we go home, mother? Very soon I will be able to tell her yes. Oh, wow. So she was extremely having psychosis. Yeah, she was having some psychosis issues, according to this mm-hmm. this particular article. So Clara was released in 1899 due to overcrowding, which is something that the state hospitals ex- um have do a lot so even though that she committed murder first degree murder she was released i wonder why because of overcrowding well i I understand overcrowding but why would they release a murderer probably because she was a woman i mean this is the 1800s think about it that way and maybe the the reason why she ended up in the uh, asylum versus jail too it could be you know yeah so at this point truth gets murky and legends take over Mm. okay so 1903, Clara is living near Texas, uh, Terrell, Texas, and children have begun to go missing. Oh, my goodness. The sheriff is also missing, but is later found dead in a ditch. His pockets are full of candy, and there are forks stabbed into his eyes. And this is the same sheriff that arrested? It didn't say. Oh, I tried okay. to find that, and I couldn't find anything that oh. said if it was the same sheriff or not. But it was only three years, so, I mean, Could it be. more than mm-hmm. likely was. So, um, a local farmer was out working his field and found several sets of rotten, tiny teeth. Mm. And children began to find candy canes on their windowsills. Some signed off with the candy lady on the wrapper. And this was, these were left while they were asleep. Okay, that's creepy. So, town folks believe this was all the work of Clara Crane. So that is literally all I could find on it. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nothing more. Nothing more. That was it. Uh, so um, other than one that was like somebody was trying to be spooky and they're like, they believe her ghost is still out there and it's going to come for children to take their teeth and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I really think she did kill the sheriff. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, because that's pretty brutal. Forks in the I eyes. mean, she became aggressive with him when he came to the house, mm-hmm. you know, more than likely. The children missing, I doubt was her. I don't because she was so protective of Marcy and she was protective of this of this uh, doll. But what if she she created of Marcy? What if she was like trying to make those children into Marcy? Like, I guess that's a possibility. I mean, she made it, but I mean, she was like just scattering their teeth and them not finding their bones. You know? Ew. Yeah, just the teeth. That's all they ever found was the teeth. Doesn't. I mean, this is off subject a little bit, but I've heard that hogs eat everything but teeth. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, so I wonder if maybe the kids were missing from wild hogs. It's possible. 
I mean, that part of Texas does have a lot of hogs. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I know my dad used to catch them and bring them home and fatten them up. Ew. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, I think <laughs> a lot of it, speechless. like, became legend because of the children were missing, you know, and Clara was there. I mean, the state hospital being out there. Yeah. There's definitely a level of psychosis with Clara, you know, probably trauma from losing her child. Well, and you know, if they're if they're releasing people out of that state hospital there just because of overcrowding, it could have been any of those patients. That were exactly. It could have, it could have been anybody. It could have been. Now, it being the sheriff with candy in his pockets and, and stabbed out eyes with forks. <laughs> If that's true, I think it was probably her. Well, that was consistent throughout every story, is that the sheriff was found dead in the ditch with candy in his pockets and forks in his eyes. Okay. That I, was consistent okay. in every single story. So that probably was real, I guess. Yeah, that part I that part I actually do believe, and that's why I say I believe that she probably did that. Um, so what would the candy represent? Just because she killed her well, husband? Well, because she poisoned her husband, husband with caramels, which has nothing to do with candy canes. So that's why the candy cane lady thing. I don't know. And see, part of it makes me wonder, like, I don't know about you, but like, I know that some parents would do stuff to trick their kids to try and get them to behave. So how many, how much of this was, you know, <laughs> parents like sneaking out and putting the candy cane on the windowsill while the kid was sleeping to try and, them. try and scare them into being good, you know? Yeah. Like Santa's not, it's not Santa time watching. So the candy cane lady's going to get you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like some of those lullabies that are scary. <laughs> yes. When you hear, you're like singing them and then you're like, oh my, oh my gosh. It's kind of like rockabye baby. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Let's not fall out of a tree. <laughs> I mean like, hmm. Oh, ring around the rosy. And... That's kind of scary. No, I mean like it could be anybody grabbing those kids but i right. just thought and it, of, and it could have been somebody completely yeah you know that wasn't even associated with the hospital yeah you know and they and they used that to their benefit so see i don't think we know just exactly how many people out there are serial killers exactly like, no because, i don't think i don't think it's really known you like, know i mean some i don't know i mean some serial killers want to get caught so to speak and they do all this crazy stuff but i, I wonder how many of them are just like I don't want to get caught. I just want to be keep killing, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something. I mean, there's so many out there. So, but with her, I think it, like I said, with her, I really wanted to like focus on the fact that just because somebody has psychosis doesn't mean that they're capable of no all of this, you know, that they're accusing her of. I do believe that she probably did kill the farmer. Or I'm not sorry, not the farmer. The, kill the sheriff. sheriff. She did kill her husband because she blamed him for her daughter's death. Right. Um, it's kind of sick that she made him his favorite dessert and poisoned him with that. Yeah, that's just a then, different like, level of hatred right also, there. Also, where's the transition there? Because we transition from poison to forks in the eyeballs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's I mean, you the, know what? Like, typically... I, you know, uh, it's hard for me to think like a person that that's having an issue like that. True. But, you know, the forks and the eyeballs, I mean, he is the one that discovered it. He saw it. Yeah. And so because he saw it, she had to go to Terrell Mental Hospital, which yeah. those things back in those days were horrible. Oh, awful. Awful. So, like, they did all kinds of crazy stuff. So And they were, they were I mean, if she wasn't before she went in there, she probably would have by the time she'd been in there a little bit you know yeah. because of 
just the way and she could have just things. got sent there for being a woman or just being a woman who fought back you know what i mean like yeah. in the 1800s you know so so maybe the forks in the eyeballs was because he had seen too much or something maybe, I, I don't know no it's possible <laughs> it is possible i'm not a psychologist i'm not or either psychiatrist we can only speculate but, but yeah. i mean that's like killing the soul i mean the eyes are the window of the soul i'm getting like really deep on that i need to stop <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. Like I love it. You know that. in the eyeballs. So, but yeah. So that's all I could find on her. I uh, was the uh, candy cane lady of uh, Terrell, Texas. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, and then that it originated from this, this woman whose daughter was tragically killed by her, I guess I'm assuming by her husband in a farming accident. Yeah. I guess he was driving drunk or something. And just I, I well, it was 1800s. Yeah. So like. I don't know. Yeah. I um, don't know, but that's the Farms are dangerous lady. places. You know, they're just kind of, they've got a lot of things going on, a lot of sharp stuff everywhere. Yes, exactly. They can be dangerous I places. mean, even scythes, you know, because they used mm-hmm. to have to, you know, take down hay with scythes. That's what I'm I mean, saying. I, it's just. Have you ever seen one of those things used and what you have to do to use one of those things? No, I haven't. So basically the way that it goes is it's, it's a long a long handle with the with the long blade okay yeah and you swing the blade from basically from oh the, yeah like the reapers yeah mm-hmm. but you swing but you swing it and you just sit there and swing it go and then you take a step and then you swing like, yeah. to the side and you swing it again and so um and the way it comes it goes from over like say i'm right-handed so it would go over from my um over my right shoulder it would go all the way over to where the blade was behind my left shoulder yeah so you and could, you would just then you would sidestep and go to the next one and so then just keep going that way and if you get into a rhythm doing something like that because you kind of have to bend over and just kind of just go you know somebody stepped in there i mean it's very possible they could Ooh. get horribly hurt yeah and so that's you know there are ways definitely ways they could be trampled by a horse i mean you know there's so yeah. many different ways that this they just says a farming accident so we can only wonder, you know? Yeah. But Ugh. yeah, having come from a farm, I've actually seen, I've seen somebody use a scythe before. And I remember being, I was little and I was watching my oldest brother do it. And I remember thinking, that's kind of scary. Yeah. It's like dangerous. <laughs> that's a, that's a little frightening. It I looks I like a reaping angel. I think I'm going to stay in the house, mom. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's terrifying. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So you know but that's a candy cane lady so what is your glimmer for oh, this episode my glimmer for this episode it's kind of nice to know that golems aren't all bad i mean they're like soulless creeps yeah. but they're not like true they they have a specific function and that only certain people with righteous intent can actually conjure them up, so to speak. I, I agree. I mean, because I would hate to see what an evil person would do with something like that. That is, that's terrifying. But, you know. Maybe that's why those secrets are guarded so tightly I by think so. them and stuff. And, yeah. And my glimmer um, is that I may get to see my kids soon, my oldest son. Yeah. And that makes me happy. I'm, they're away at college and I want to hug their neck. You know what? I do have another glimmer. What's that? When I got home today from work, my little girl, she met me and she was all dressed up and she was just talking and talking. I just love that. Just telling you about her day. Yeah. So it's a favorite person to get home and. Yeah. She's in her little 
mommy's my world and I love you, mommy phase. Mm, I'm cherishing cool. that because my other kids are, you know, adults. <laughs> and they're, they've already gone <laughs> and through And you're kind their... of a side note then yeah. at that point, which is the way it's supposed to be. But it's still kind of hard because sometimes yeah. it's like, um, I was your, your I was your world for like, you know, 10 years. Now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All nice. right. Well, I'm Heather. I'm Jay. And this is the Trauma Tally. Bye. Bye.